This is episode number 225 with business development specialist at Velocity Group, Anna Ford. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Day Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super excited to have you on the show today. And we've got an amazing guest joining us for this episode, Anna Ford, who is the business development specialist at Velocity Group. So what you need to know about Anna is that she's an amazingly hard working person and she's built an incredible career journey in the space of data science in just the past year. So in this podcast, you will hear about her story, how she went from mathematics and statistics to teaching to uh, marketing to training people in the space of data science to learning data science herself to working in the space of data science uh, you will see that she is challenging and conquering this field of data science from all different perspectives it is incredible in this podcast you'll hear is incredible how many people how many of her own heroes in data science she's managed to meet just over the past years net network with them work on projects with them and learn from them very very inspiring and i don't know how she gets all the time to do this uh, in fact she's actually a mother of two kids at the same time and she is crushing it in data science very excited to bring this episode to you can't wait for you to check out anna's story and all the amazing insights she has and the inspiration this will give you to pursue your own journey in data science. So without further ado, I bring to you Anna Ford, Business Development Specialist at Velocity Group. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super excited to have you on the show today. And we've got a very exciting, very interesting guest with us, Anna Ford calling in from Atlanta or the greater Atlanta area. Anna, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Krill? I'm, I'm fantastic. Thank you. It was, it was a nice uh, just chatting. I, uh, by the way, everybody, I surprised Anna about the crypto locking situation that happened in Atlanta a little bit back. So just for uh, those who don't know, Atlanta was crypto locked by some hackers who demanded 52,000 ransomware and now Atlanta has spent 2.6 million recovering from that. How do you, how did, uh, how do you feel about that? You just found out, Anna. I find it interesting that we're not, no one's really talking about it here. That, that seems like it should be top news, but there's been other things in the news that's been taking place of it. I don't know. Yeah. Very, very interesting um, story. I hope, I hope it's, you know, it's all okay, you know, cause those things can have some severe consequences for organizations or cities in this case and just kind of puts puts into perspective you know all the things we talk about like data science how data is powerful and, and things like that right absolutely wow yeah okay what time is it in atlanta right now by the way it is eight forty-seven p.m okay wow you're you're a legend staying up 
staying up to to chat and <laughs> it's not even late but i get up so early that i, I start to wind down about it <laughs> yeah okay makes sense gotcha um well a very very nice meeting you so for those who don't know i met anna at uh, data science go 2018 event uh it was like a month ago now um and yeah it's like you have so much energy it was so cool to to see you there how did you feel about the event Oh, I thought it was amazing. And I, I told a lot of people about it when I got back and said, this is something you need to plan to go to, even if it's, um, you know, it's a year out. As soon as tickets are on sale, you need to get it. And um, and that's actually how I approached it, because I, I heard about it on the, your podcast and mm. heard about it was going to happen. And as soon as tickets went on sale last uh, January, I think it was, I bought my ticket right away. I was an early bird. Oh, nice. Nice. That's really cool. Uh, well, and thanks, thanks for the the comments that you know, like that's what we tried to create. And uh, you came along with your um, colleague Tim Lafferty, who's been on the podcast before. What what was his feedback? Oh, Tim, Tim loved it. Um, so he and I had a lot a lot of fun just um, interacting with people, talking to people. He was a little bit of a celebrity sometimes <laughs> when they heard him on the podcast, and then we also got to enjoy. A little bit of San Diego because neither of us had been there, so we saw the beaches, we ate some local food. It was it, we had a great time. Awesome. So, uh, Anna, uh, you have such a diverse background and so many things you're into in the space of data science. I don't even know where to get started. Seriously, like looking at uh, all the things you've done throughout your career and how you've integrated into data science. Um, perhaps let's let's start off by just give us an overview of your whole journey. I know, I know it's a big ask, but like we got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It, I'm going to try to keep it brief. Um, so I'd started in marketing and I always went towards the analytics side, but I, I wouldn't have said that at the time. I just, I found, um, in my marketing degree, economics and finance, um, a lot more interesting than marketing. I know that sounds mm -hmm. silly, but, um, once you're in your major, your major courses, you can't really, you can deviate if you want to stay another year, but I was ready to graduate. So I graduated with a marketing degree and a couple years out, I decided to go back to school. I decided I wanted to be a teacher and teach math. So, um, my, another, um, passion of mine and I used it a lot in my job when I was in um, statistics it, right? I, I, right I use it a lot in marketing actually um, mm -hmm. and this is in um, from 2000 to 2002 when it marketing was more, more slanted towards advertising and less towards analytics so um, I didn't see it as a path for me and I didn't see where I was going to grow so I decided I'm just going to go back to school be teacher mm -hmm. and that's what I did and when I was in graduate school, I focused on statistics education, I actually wrote my thesis in it because um, it, there wasn't much of a um, area. There, there was an area for growth, but there was nobody really pursuing it who wanted to be a math teacher. Math teachers are at the time, and I can't speak now, seemed um, because it is changing, but it seemed like a lot of people were pure math in the like more calculus bent and um, people just didn't want to go near statistics where it was just, that was more my language. So 
I uh, wrote my thesis in statistics education. I actually taught some classes at LSU when I was there for grad school um, as a graduate student. So filling in for instructors and um, as a TA. And then um, moved back to Atlanta and I taught for 14 years in Atlanta area statistics, AP statistics, that's the advanced placement statistics and, um, and other maths as well. So, and then a year ago, um, which was almost, it was a little over a year ago now, I, I felt the need to, in order to grow and expand, I needed to do something different. But when you're in the same role for such a long time, you don't know what you don't know. And mm. that actually kind of became my mantra. And I, I didn't know where I could go. I didn't know what my knowledge and my background would get me. I knew I had a skill set and I knew I could learn. So um, that just the journey for the last year mm -hmm. has been about my learning. And we can talk more about that. But um, that's been my learning gotcha. um, and my growth is this last year and getting to where I am now. Okay, gotcha. So background in statistics, I started with marketing, uh, major background in statistics and teaching. Uh, and then you decided to go out there, explore the unknown and uh, grow further. So tell us about that year. What happened in, the, in this past year? Wow. So a lot, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I'm going to try to sum it up in a few um, bullets. Every single day I made this pact with myself that I was going to do something um, towards networking, whether I'm meeting someone new or just talking to someone about what they do in their job. Because like I said, um, I kind of determined that I didn't know what I didn't know. And then the second thing I did every day was something towards educating myself. Mm -hmm. um, it was reading articles, um, taking some courses. Uh, and now it's actually your courses awesome. <laughs> and uh, listening to your podcasts. I listen to them religiously. Nice. And, thank um, you for, thank you for the note. That's yeah, so great it, to it hear. Actually, yeah, it was, I remember Uri Shore was the first person I listened mm -hmm. to. I mm -hmm. sat next to her at one of the luncheons at super data, uh, data science go. And mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's you. Oh, <laughs> you nice. Me. And she gave me the biggest hug. We took a picture together. It was it was this moment of full circle. <laughs> <laughs> That's so lovely. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah. Actually, um, in, in my conversations with people in that whole every day, I wanted to talk to people and network. My friend Jeff, who is in IT, I, I had talked to him like what um, he actually works for Macy's. And he I, I asked him, um, I wanted to know what what data science looks like in his company. I mm -hmm. mean, these are the types of questions I would ask. Like I said, I didn't know what I didn't know. And he um, gave me some information and we talked a while. And then the next day he sends, or a couple of days later, he sends me a, a message like, Hey, I found this podcast. It's called data, uh, super data science. Oh. Maybe you should listen to it. So he's actually the person that introduced me nice that's so now cool. i have him taking your courses by the way <laughs> oh nice <laughs> again full circle right so it, cool. it really really is so um so the whole year last year has been about um and i i, I have i have actually you know five things that i i learned over the last year every single day because i talk to people and i would learn from from other people telling me what they did i found that people in interactions with people really got me to where I am. Um, that was really a big part. But there's there's five things that I learned, and if you want me to go ahead and name them off. And yes, please. Kind of yes, please. I think that's very valuable. 
I love that kind of stuff when you reflect back on a year of learnings and you can summarize it and like key takeaways. Yeah. I think it's so valuable, not, not just for others, but even for yourself. You're like, wow, you know, whenever I, I look back, I can, I can be like, oh, what, what did I learn? Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. That, that I'm doing that I'm doing, but this one I forgot. I should, I should start doing that again. Yeah, I am. Um... I would write things down as I learned them and pass it off to other people. And, and lucky, I was so lucky to be in a situation where I was teaching high school kids, mostly seniors in high school. And as I would learn something and it would occur to me that I wish I had known this before, I would tell the kids. Mm. So, so I was able to pass this along the whole way. So the first thing I learned was to ask questions and stay curious. So that mm. goes along with interacting with people and just asking people. Uh, now, I don't really have many problems walking up to someone and asking them what their day-to-day -day is. Um, somebody else might, but I felt that 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 really helped me learn more than reading a book. Because mm -hmm. every single day I was asking questions. Um, the second thing um, that I learned was not to um, abandon my core competencies. So um, the, the data science Venn diagram, if you will, mm -hmm. um, that it got overwhelming that I, and I know you've talked about this on your podcast before, um, you can't learn all the things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could try. Um, you can't be good in an expert at all of them. Yeah. So what I decided to do is I looked up my skill set and said, what am I good at? You know, I have teaching, communicating, uh, technical skills, and um, in communicating the uh, statistics was something that I've been doing for a long time. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, maybe I can focus on that. And, um, and also the, the math and the statistics that goes behind it, it was, it was hilarious when I realized, um, you know, I'm like machine learning, this sounds so daunting and I'm looking at going, Oh, I just, I teach this kind of math. I know mm -hmm. what this is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I realized I, I had a skill set, and instead of trying to learn every new, um, like how to code, how to do this, how to that, I would focus on what I already knew. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Gotcha. And there's a saying, um, in order to be successful, and this is true about the ultra successful people that you look around the world, you know, um, what's his name, Richard Branson, Jeff Bezos, Tony Robbins, like any super successful person they kind of follow this one mantra that focus on your strengths, ignore your weaknesses. Don't try to like be great at everything, you know, things that you, to the extent you need them, improve them, but ultimately focus on the things that you're super good at, that you enjoy, you're passionate about, and then everything else will fall into place. You can you know, always find other people to do the things that you're bad at, or you can always outsource them, you know, find ways to solve that problem. But the main thing is focus on your strengths. Otherwise, you'll waste all your time trying to be great at across the board rather than exceptionally super strong in one thing and using that to become successful. So it sounds like you, you're talking about the similar thing. Yeah. And I remember you talking about that in um, one of your five minute Fridays. <laughs> so oh, yeah, that might yeah. have been where I got it from. And who knows? The um, I, I really dug deep into what I already knew. And then I tried to learn enough to have a conversation about the other. So I took several of your courses. Um, I learned um, how to use SSIS and, and just how to how a lot of the methods worked. I've been working in our studio, and um, and like I said, listening conversations mm -hmm. so that I understand how it works together. Mm -hmm. But not necessarily be able to be an expert at all of it. Right? Yep. Makes sense. That um, sounds like a very 
I like this and I hope people who are listening to this are taking notes, like at least mental notes of this because it sounds like you came up with, in this past year, you not only you know had a very interesting journey, but you actually were very conscious about it. You came up with a rigorous approach, a very methodological approach on what you're going to do, you know, the, and these steps so far, you know, like ask questions and stay curious and not abandon your core competencies. Like I can see how it's all fitting into the picture of you getting to where you want to get, how, it's all, how it all empowered you to get there. So, yeah, so some very, very valuable tips so far. Uh, please continue, what, what was learning number three? Okay, so number three is something I've been doing for a few years, um, but it, um, it definitely resonated with the job, not just what I was doing for the last few years. And it's step outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So um, for the past several years, I started waking up at 4.30 to 4.45 sometimes, but um, and I would go to um, the gym and I have a coach and it's very intense training. Um, it's a lot of um, weightlifting and Olympic weightlifting with um, yeah, it, some like CrossFit type workouts and running and, and just whatever they program. And I don't usually know until I get there. Mm. And, um, and you know, then I would go teach and it took, it took some training. It's almost mental training, right? Because you have to um, know that you're about to step into a challenge every single day before you go on about your life. And I think that really helped me mentally to say, okay, I start off every day deciding I'm going to take on a challenge and the rest of the day, any other challenge was, okay, well, I already took on a challenge. I can do this. Mm. So when you pick your challenges, what I learned is if you pick your challenges um, and you throw yourself into uncomfortable situations, then when you're in a challenge or something uncomfortable that you didn't pick, that it just life throws something at you, it's a lot easier to cope with. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's crazy. Every single day. Um. Oh, I, I you have to take days off when you do that kind of exercise. So I would four days a week oh, um, okay. during the week. I was and gonna then, say on like weekends, I, on the weekends I do trail running. So um, okay. Yeah, that's that's a little that's more fun. <laughs> wow, wow, very very intense and. Uh, that's a, that's a cool way of looking at it. I love that, that if you start your day with a super challenge and then you conquer it, then everything else is so much easier right after that. And probably gives you such a great energy boost to you know, go like work out. And, but like why 4.45? Why so early? That is, that is like how, many, how much sleep do you get? Well, that's why I said I go to bed early. So um, when... The gym, like we start at 5.15, so 4.45 is, is enough time for me to get up, um, have a snack, get ready, go, and mm. get there. So gotcha. it's calculated backwards. So I, that, I, I do go to bed. Um, I'm asleep by 9.30 or 10, but mm. I try to get in bed around 9, mm-hmm. just wind down. Um, so I do try to aim for seven and a half hours of sleep. Gotcha. And when you wake up at 4.45, do you ever have this feeling that oh, I don't want to get out of bed? I want to lie around for a bit longer. Uh, <laughs> how do you get over that? Especially in the winter, um, I like to. Well, especially the night before, I lay out my clothes and I state this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And um, we there's a whole group of us that goes, so there's accountability there too, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I also think I have a friend Casey that's always there, and she's she's also she's a teacher. She um, teaches band 
So mm-hmm. she leads the band after school and she's there early in the morning. So I'll sit there and go, well, if Casey can do it, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you just have to have an accountability partner for things like that. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that's really cool. And how uh, has this skill or habit of stepping outside your comfort zone, how has that, uh, have you used that in your learning and growth in your career in data science in this space? Oh, absolutely. So, um, so that brings us to, yes, over the last year, I have um, I learned Tableau, nice. and I saw its value in my classroom. And then I also decided, hey, I'm going to teach teachers how to use Tableau to leverage their student data to help their students grow. So they're using data wisely. Um, I can tell you more about that later, mm-hmm. because um, that actually plays into why I stopped teaching. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I didn't want to teach, but because um, I, I saw something bigger. Um, so, so yeah, stepping outside of my comfort zone um, played in a big part of getting my job. Mm-hmm. So, um, so in this world of asking questions and talking to people, Tim was um, a friend of my husband's actually, and he still is. Tim, and Tim so Lafferty. Tim, Tim Lafferty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would ask him a lot. He's He's very, um, he was instructing Tableau at the time and he was um, very helpful in teaching me when I got stuck or I couldn't get, I'm like, why won't this work? And so he helped me out a lot. And then as I was growing in Tableau, he said, um, Anna, you know, you should teach Tableau. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and you're a teacher, you can do this. And, and that made me very uncomfortable because I would have to teach adults. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, how, I didn't think I knew how to teach adults. So that, I, I started teaching at, um, I started teaching Tableau on the side and Tim pushed me right in there and I'm glad he did because it was a lot easier than I thought. I was just scared. <laughs> <laughs> and um, from there, I, I actually approached, so I was working with them on contract and then I approached them with this nine page um, marketing strategy of here's, here's how I think um, Velocity can grow and here's what I would do to help it grow. Yeah. <laughs> I sat down with them and just and, and put my pitched myself. And um, and a couple months later, after talking to other people, they came back to me and said, "Oh no, we like you. You're persistent and you don't stop mm. um, trying. You work hard." And so that's why they put me in this role. But it all came from stepping way outside my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So, um, for those who don't know, Tim Lafferty was on the podcast. That's episode one eighty one, and uh, he's the founder uh, of Velocity Group. Uh, so, VelocityGroup.io. And so, Anna, you are the now you are their business development specialist, correct? I am. Um, I work with um, marketing efforts and and um, and the business development side of the consulting. So there's even like a sales aspect, we're trying to bring in a customer and they don't even know what data we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So my job is to communicate. So that's where kind of my old skill set plays in because I can talk technical, but I can tell them, explain to them from their point of view, what we do and how this helps them leverage their data. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, very, very cool. So. You, you kind of like, you're in a, you got your own Venn diagram going on there. You've got, you know, you got your stats skills, you've got your teaching expertise, and you've got your marketing 
um, skills as well. On your and your leverage on all three at the same time to to create this career path for yourself, which is absolutely unique. And I I totally love that. I love how you you know that is a great testament to stepping outside your comfort zone. Like it takes courage to go out there and do that. You know, probably nobody else has ever done before combining these skills in this sort of way and thriving and creating a successful career path for yourself. Yeah, I found that I had to color outside the lines a little bit. And, and maybe it came from hearing people say it was, wasn't going to happen. Um, when I decided I was going to take the next year to learn, so I was going to quit teaching at the end of the year. I mean, I made a plan. But I would also talk to people inside teaching and they said, well, what, what would you do? As if um, I didn't have another skill. And I'm like, good point. I better make sure I have some more skills. And then on the other side, I had a friend that was a recruiter and he was, I, I think he, he did me a favor. He was honest and he said, you're going to have to network because your resume is not gonna bring you in the door mm -hmm. because you've been teaching for 14 years. And I said, okay, I can, I can do this. So um, another thing that I had been doing um, on the side, and I hadn't mentioned this yet, the um, the skill set that I had with, with with statistics, I was helping other teachers. A lot of teachers will get their um, their doctorate in education while they're teaching, and when they get to the dissertation side, they've got the statistics, they've got to deal with the stats, and they've got to defend the statistics. And that was the part I had. I started off with friends who I was working with, and said, "Anna, I, I don't know how to." I don't even know how to run a t-test, you know, please <laughs> help me with this. So um, I started off like working just in Excel and, and then I was um, checking assumptions and, and it was it was harder to do in Excel, but I, I figured out how to run them in Excel and I, I would show people how to defend it. And then I and then I learned I found out about SPSS, which is, um, you know, I, I didn't know how to code and I don't I don't I didn't know R. So I learned, you know, SPSS is just, yep. oh press these buttons it's Drag and drop type very of thing. easy if you know what you're if you know what you're looking for and what you're testing so i so i got spss um and i used it i only um because it's so expensive i could only take on people for the amount of time that i had the subscription that's how expensive it is but mm -hmm. the um but i would take that would help people with their dissertations um all along these years. Um, so every year there's a couple people here and there that I would help. And then this past year, a friend of mine who works, she's the um, dissertation chair, um, one of them at Liberty University. She said, Anna, I know you, you can do this. Can you help some of my students? So last, especially last school year, I took on a lot more on the side and did this as contract work. Um, mm -hmm. And decided that because I was told my resume wasn't going to get me in the door, I said, well, this is now on my resume. And I also um, created an LLC in last December in my name, like created my own brand, mm. put it in my name. Um, because if I'm going to be doing all this contract work, then I need to, well, I needed for tax purposes to create some way to deal with it but I also wanted a business name to go with it because now I have it on my resume nice. so nice. and I would advise anybody if you're doing contract work and you need to put it on your resume but build it as your own brand yeah yeah wow that's some some very solid advice so you just use your own name as the LLC yeah, so actually my number four tip is build your own brand. And um, and so it actually came from my Twitter handle, 
several years ago from teaching statistics, I ha- I created a Twitter handle. I don't know how I came up with it, but it's Stats Ninja. Mm. And um, for a long time on Twitter, I wouldn't put my real name. I just used Stats Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> Because I didn't, you know, for, you know, teaching high school kids, I, did, I just didn't want my name on there. Yeah, yeah, So that actually, that's what I, so my company is Stats Ninja Data Solutions. Mm. And that's what I went with. It's actually my blog is the Stats Ninja. And now I've just used that to build my brand. This silly name I came up with a few years ago. Yeah. No, that's, that's really, that's really cool uh, advice. I, I totally side by the concept of, creating your own brand. I, I don't know if I've done a five-minute Friday on that yet, but it's it's really important in this day and age. Like, you know, resumes, CVs, even even education, like uh, your like qualifications, your degrees and all that stuff, that's all very good. But at the end of the day, people want to see that who are you? Who is this person? It's so easy to just go online and like Google, you know, Anna Ford, what have you done? What, what have you been, you know, what have you been up to? What projects have you worked on? Have you participated in, uh, you know, Kaggle competitions? Have you uploaded things to the Tableau public repository? Do you have a GitHub account? Um, you know, like what, what is your career path? What does your LinkedIn say? And all these things. And so, uh, indeed, like that is part of building a brand. And the next step is what you've done is, you know, open up a business and actually, you know, if you're providing consulting services, it's, it's so much more reputable if you're doing it through a business arm and people see that you're actually serious about that. So there's lots of tricks and lots of ways to stand out and the, the main, the, but it all boils down to build your brand. So easy to do online and anybody can do it, you know, just, and you can get started by simply publishing a couple of blog posts, you don't even need your own blog, you can just publish them on LinkedIn and already from there, you know, you get some traction, you get some people noticing you. And this is something that uh, I mentioned in the opening keynote at uh, Data Science Go, that in this day and age, there's plenty of supply of data scientists and there's plenty of demand. Uh, the problem, the gap is that people, the, they, they, they cannot meet each other, the, they, they cannot, like it's really hard for recruiters and hiring managers to find the data scientists that they want in this in this ocean of uh, data science candidates and data aspiring data science and people who want to be in data science. And at the same time, data scientists don't really know how to stand out. You know, if you're just sending out resumes all over the place, then chances are that nobody's actually seeing those resumes. So all you really have to do is stand out. And you know, one way that, for instance, Anna, in your case, you stood out was you went to Tim with this business proposal and like, businesses and Tim like I admire him for this he did the right choice right like businesses will embrace somebody who comes to them and shows them how they can add value to them especially if it's if it's using data and data driven solutions and um, you know through the power of data science and somebody who's persistent who knows what they're doing who's serious who's uh, passionate about the business as soon as you show that to a business and it's really true that you're passionate about their business like they'd be um, unwise not to grab you and hold on to you. you know, that's 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 the world we live in right now. And I, I think you you know with all with so far we've been through four of your steps. Like you planned out your journey very well and you executed fantastically. And this is what it led to. You know you encountered Tim Lafferty uh, through you know uh, friends of friends of uh, and and you know through your connections through your network and like he he didn't 
he he did the right thing basically he got you on board so it all i love how this puzzle comes together you know like at the start i was like i didn't know your journey now i can see like it's very crystal clear and how and the most fascinating thing is how you plan this out this is like you're you're a you should be a chess grandmaster anna <laughs> well um so the brand part also helped um in twitter as well and and it came together it's going to come together better i have more mm, <laughs> tell us tell so us more i i found twitter um I, I was using it a lot for the education portion of actually for teaching i i used it to find articles learn more because i always wanted to grow in whatever i'm doing and so i actually found twitter's a great place to go and just follow um either people or or just topics, um, even news sources, that is going to deliver the information you're looking for. So once I realized I was gonna switch more into data science, there's a great data science presence on Twitter. So I started following a lot of, especially females in data science was something I was looking at and looking at the conversations they're having and just in, in, in just my ear to the ground. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in one of your podcasts, um, actually one of the first ones I listened to since I was starting to learn Tableau was with Andy Kreeble. Mm-hmm. So I found Makeover Monday, mm-hmm. and which is a great way to get yourself introduced to a community. Because it was, it was daunting at first, because I didn't at first want to share, this is another step out of your so comfort zone too, I didn't want to share my work at first, because I'm going, well, I have a box and whisker plot and a pie graph. Yep. I'm not sharing this, <laughs> but but um, but ultimately I got to the point, and I would I would um, listen to their uh, they would do reviews. So Makeover Monday, they they give a data set with, every actually it's Sunday with Eva Murray, right? With Eva Murray, exactly. Eva Murray, Eva Murray. And um and so they they on Data Dot World they will post a data set and give a graph or a chart that they say to Makeover using this data set. And um, you learn to work with different sets of data, different types of data, um, different even data structures using Tableau and then build something out of it, um, some visualization that, and I, I started to learn how to tell a story better. Because mm. even in statistics, I the first rule of stati- in statistics was when they, I told students, if you have a set of data, the first thing you do is make a picture. I mean, that was the rule I've been telling them for years. Mm-hmm. So you can start drawing some conclusions and stop, not just look at summary statistics. Yeah, so yeah. this was a good connection to me. This was a first go-to tool, Tableau was, to um, to start learning a little bit more about the tools of data science. So, so for Makeover Monday, I, I got to the point where I could start sharing these. Um, but after I would watch them review, so on Wednesdays they review people's um, chart choices and give feedback, and then they're very kind about it. So I wouldn't tell anyone to not do that. Um, it's it's nervous. I was nervous at first to get reviewed, but it's the best type of feedback um, you can get to learn to get better, to improve on your design or on your um, storytelling in a visualization. Mm-hmm. So I started get, um, getting connected in the Tableau community and getting tab uh, just more tapping into other resources, other people, reading their blogs, learning what I could in Tableau, and to the point where um, by the time the Tableau conference came up this past um, October, a month ago, I'm not even a month ago, they um, they knew who I was. And so Ooh, I got wow. to hang out with Andy Kreeble and Eva Murray, 
and it was like I was starstruck. Don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely yeah. will tell them. I'm actually <laughs> no, chatting to both of them like next week. It's really cool. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so I this is a little sidebar. I wrote a blog post about, um, so blogging was another thing I was going to add in there, but I, just, I wrote a blog post recently and it was after the Tableau conference because I felt like, okay, well maybe I have something to offer. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a blog post about, um, the analytics in the, um, the analytics pane in Tableau mm-hmm. and, and actually kind of breaking it down. Um, the first one I wrote was about, um, really interpreting, correlation and um but really getting an r squared right because r squared people want to just hang their hat on it and move on and i i wrote a piece um about r squared and talking about um, least squares regression and, and correlation and such and and andy and eva loved it and so they've asked me to do a webinar with them so we're going to do they said about five webinars to discuss um analytics with date with data viz wow so, congrats that's so cool yeah, it was an honor to be asked. I told them that. So, so yeah, that was um, that was actually pet step five. Um, I forgot to say that was pay it forward. And I feel like I, I by writing that blog post, I was hoping to help others if they were struggling. I decided, well, I already know the statistics. Maybe I can help somebody who needs to know more about how to interpret the analytics pane in um, Tableau. And so that's my number five is pay it forward. So that's that's a really cool advice as well. So it's kind of like contribute, right? Give back to the community. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. And um, and and I also feel like um, so as I said, I think people helped me mm-hmm. all along the way. Um, like I said, there was Tim. I was trying to make a list of all the people, but I had friends that would. Um, I just ask, like I said, I'd ask them questions, and they would point me in all these different directions. I didn't know there was a lot of networking groups, especially for females getting into data science. I learned more about those. Um, I, I started picking up uh, books. Like I said, you've helped me. Your book was very helpful. Thank you. Um, I picked up, oh, honestly, I think it's the most comprehensive book there is to name if somebody's going into the field of data science and you want to know all the things, but you don't need to be an expert on all the things, that's the book right there. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. That's, that's really lovely to hear. Um, wow. Wait, wait, did you, did you uh, read it after it has go or you got a copy before? No, I now I have two copies. Nice. <laughs> no, I already had it. <laughs> yeah, I bought it right when it you released it. Um, it's it's been I actually want to read. I've been rereading some parts of it, going, oh yeah, he said that. So maybe I'm taking some lines from your book. I don't even know. I think I learned so much. <laughs> wow, thanks. That's uh, that's so great to hear. What did you think? Because uh, I included a couple like personal stories. You know, when like my motorbike number plates got forged. What did you think of those like inserts where? Like I try to make it a bit light, you know, not not one of those super technical data science books. Like there's no programming on purpose, so you can just like sit and read it on a train or or a plane or whatnot. But also like I inserted some of these like case studies, like in personal experience and and other things. How how did that feel? Just curious. So I, that's one of my favorite parts, um, and and that's how I like to tell stories when I teach too. Is try to make it personally personal because if you just talk about a set of data you don't really attach to it it seems very daunting but when you can make it personal I think it um, helps someone learn the material a lot better and attach to it mm. oh I I see how that connects right mm. yeah yeah exactly and that, that's like storytelling is the 
like one of the skills, the most ancient skills that we as humans are, that our brains are so used to for like exhibiting and telling stories and also learning because like what written paper has been and like written words and has have been around for like 10,000 years or something like that, that they, you know, 10,000 BC, they found the first plates uh, with writing in Mesopotamia or something like that. So like, and but humans have been able to communicate for what well, the Homo sapiens been 2 million years, Stone Age started out 200,000 years ago. So we've been communicating the cognitive revolution, you know, started like ages ago, like hundreds of thousands of years ago, we've been communicating for, for way longer than we've been writing. And so the only way to pass on that knowledge, where are the bears, where are the berries, where are the mammoths and stuff like that, was through storytelling and, you know, how to, how to start a fire and things like that. So storytelling is such a powerful skill. And, and exactly when you make it personal, not just like dry language, I think, I think it, uh, people enjoy it more. Yeah, and the anecdotes that you like to tell, um, the um, I just listened today to the one about your hiking journey with. Oh, um, follow. <laughs> when, yeah, when you two went hiking, and and you you take the story and then you connect it to something that really happened. I, I that that's my love language right there. I love it. <laughs> it works with me. Oh, and, um, thanks. Yeah, and and so when you you um come down to it um one of the skills that i decided that i needed to cultivate um because i've been teaching i think i i'm i can communicate data and i can communicate technical things if i'm in a zone but i felt like i needed to cultivate the technical conversation more Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like you and i going back and forth and talking about um, our storytelling and how to go from one point A to point B when we're talking technical, um, I decided that was something I needed to work on. And so um, I actually, I bought a few books to help me with that. <laughs> so nice. Well, that's, that's I, very good. That's like yeah, very I, I precise. Yeah, I think reading over the last year has helped me. And um, one of those books was um, Communicating Tableau um, by Ben Jones with Ted Tableau. And um, that one helped me in that he tells the stories a lot, um, like you do, in making it personal and understanding the context, rather than talking about, um, here's the functionality of Tableau. Mm -hmm. Um, It was more of a, here's the concept, and here's how you can understand it with an interesting story. And um, that I attached to. So I actually um, got to tell Ben that recently in person. And and we're, um, I'm actually working with him on a data literacy project now. Wow. Another full circle for me. That's um, so and cool. I, I got to tell him how much he helped me. And I'm, I'm so excited that we get to go back to um, and help kids with the data literacy project program that he's Just, developing. Wow, that is uh, so cool. Like, I love your, you know, your whole... This year has been so saturated with like different ways you've networked with people. You met Andy Kriebel, Eva, Eva Murray, uh, now you've met Ben, and uh, like you've met Tim. Like th- this is so crazy. So many things have been happening for you. I'm so so excited for you, Anna. Thank you. It's it. I've been um, honored to be received in the Tableau community as one of their own, but I also feel like um, it validated that the skill set that I had, that I was told that, you know, in 
you know, tongue in cheek, more like, yeah, you're just a teacher kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I had a skill set and I I believed in myself and I was like, well, no, I can do more with this and I would like to do more with this. And, um, and they were able to, to welcome me into the Tableau community and say, well, yeah, wow, we could use your skill set here and here's how, and I'm knocked over. Like, I can't believe that, um, everything that I worked on over the last year kind of came to this this point to say not only have I learned all these things but now I'm able to give back mm. yeah for sure and tell us a bit more about this data literacy project please with uh, Ben Jones sounds, sounds like something very exciting yeah sure so um, in a couple months you're going to be able to go to dataliteracy.com and mm-hmm. if um, you're a teacher or in the corporate world or somebody who just works with kids or wants to work with kids to help them learn. And when I, when I say kids, middle school and high school for Mm now uh, is what we're looking at, but help them learn more how to communicate and interpret data. Then um, there's going to be some kits that they can download to help them with activities to teach these kids um, more about data, but more fun, interactive things and things that they can think about to keep it less daunting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. And, uh, is it like, is it, uh, what tools are they going to be using? Is it like a Tableau based course? Well, right now we're talking more um, analog type, um, hands on M&Ms. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. Legos. Gotcha. <laughs> Things that, that kids can really get into. When I was a teacher, um, we use M&Ms all the time to teach statistics and get the kids like hands on tools. Yeah. What, what am I, really what am I thinking? Ta- I was thinking like Tableau. <laughs> like totally missed, I totally no, missed it, that this is high school kids. Yeah. It's actually been part of our conversation. I think at some point that excel tableau different tools will be introduced absolutely mm, okay well very cool and so how did you guys come up with this idea it's a great idea um this is actually ben jones idea he this isn't something on his heart and he wanted to do and um and coming out of education i um had been you know it's been on my heart to be able to still work in that space without um being in the classroom so this this when he asked me to join him i was honored and also excited to be able to be a part of something that um that's important to me yeah wow and it sounds like you're the perfect partner for the job with all your experience in uh teaching kids yeah i hope so um i'm gonna try to help with um curriculum design in a little ways that um coming from the classroom, I, I've learned a lot about and I've been trained in curriculum design, but at the same time, I find that there's so many um, hang-ups in education that I, I worry, mm. <laughs> I, I even said this to him, I said, um, you know, I want to make sure that I'm listening to what everyone's saying so that I don't just act on what I've been programmed to do for so long because mm. um, I'm all for fixing and changing the things that are wrong in teaching data in um, younger grades, mm-hmm. teaching a data literacy. So, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Anna, I've got, a, I've got a question for you that um, I hope will, hopefully will be helpful to to many people, including myself as well. Um, you are in many, so many things. You know, you work at Velocity Group IO. You are in this project about data literacy with Ben Jones. You are doing webinars with Andy Kriebel and Eva Mare. You're um, you know, you're constantly learning about things yourself. You're attending conferences, and and at the same time, you're a mom. You have two kids. 
and you're like you've got your own uh, LLC you're building a brand online so you're involved in so many things where do you find the time how do you manage to combine all of this in 24 hours a day that's a great question I am very organized with my calendar but I also make sure I set limits and um, I'm very clear with people here's the time I can give you for this I carve out for this um, with um, working with a webinar with with Andy and Eva for example I'm um, starting on the blog side I'm writing the blog out and then hopefully working from the blog to the webinar that way I am um, I'm not over committing myself and mm -hmm. I'm you know two birds in one stone kind of thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gotcha what's, so, your, what's um, your one biggest piece of advice for somebody who's like uh, perhaps uh, a parent like you a mother and they're um, uh, doing you know like building a, or they've built out a career they're in their nine-to-five job but they, they want to change something they want to jump out of it they want to learn new skills and so on and they seem never to have the time what would your suggestion one biggest piece of advice be to people in in that boat so so the biggest thing I learned is um, you can't just make one big goal and put on blinders and walk towards it. If I hadn't looked around and listened to other people's stories, asked questions, stayed curious, there's no way I would be where I am, talking with the people that I'm talking to, getting invited to work on projects, because I wouldn't have known about them, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So I think my biggest piece of advice is just to start asking questions and get curious about where you want to go. Um, I tell a lot of people about that the first thing I did was that I started to talk to people um, every single day, have a conversation with someone, if it's networking, either they were a new person, or someone I didn't know, or, or somebody I'd seen every day, but talk to them in a different way about what they did every day um, in their job. And then um, learning every single day, reading articles, listening to your podcast, things like that. And I, I think it'll come. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's really good advice. Uh, so basically, to sum it up, broaden your horizons, uh, get curious, don't, don't go into tunnel vision mode, don't just like continue doing that one thing that you set yourself to do, allow, be open to new opportunities and ideas, and to keep learning because what is the definition of luck, right? People say often, oh, he got lucky or she got lucky, uh, and that's, that's, that's what happened. Well, the definition of luck, or the one I like a lot, is uh, luck is when, what happens when opportunity means, meets preparation. So be open to opportunities, broaden your horizons, but at the same time, learn, grow, be prepared for those opportunities when they come, otherwise you're gonna miss out on luck. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think um, there's another skill set that I've noticed, um, and, and this might be coming for me as an educator as well as coming and in, shifting into the data science world, is um, one skill set that I think that is uh, lacking in a lot of um, places is the ability to just go look for answers. Mm. Um, a lot of times when, you know, like, you know, dealing with kids, I would ask, you know, okay, I need you to do this. And they just sit there, well, I don't know how. And, and, I'm not programmed that way. If I don't know how, I go find out how. Yeah. And um, I think that is a big um, skills gap is that ability to go look for, I mean, we got Google now. Google yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
exactly that's a, that's a good point they're very valuable skill for data scientists for sure all right well anna we're uh, actually slowly coming to the end of this podcast believe it or not time flies it's almost been an hour um i've got uh, a philosophical question for you I'd, I'd love to get your opinion on this uh, before we wrap up with all your experience and with all your with your whole amazing journey and career in the space of data science what do you see for this field in the future? What, where do you see this field of data science going and what should our listeners prepare for to be ready for the future of data science that's coming ahead? Um, yeah, well, because of the nature of the self-service analytics that we're seeing um, skills gaps, stagnation of the education system. I think we're going to see more outside of the box education for specific skills, honing in on specific skills in general, data literacy. Um, and then of course I would love a, a drastic shift in math education down the line, but I'm not going to hold my, my breath for that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you so much. That's, that's a interesting point of view and something for us all to think about. Education is going to be changing and uh, we're going to have more outside the box uh, education in specific skills. Uh, I haven't heard that one before and I'm sure it's, uh, you prob you're, probably, you you're probably right, you have a good point there that um, things have to change about how people get educated in the space and uh, there's a hu there are huge opportunities there. And on that note, thanks, thanks Anna so much for coming on the show. It's been a massive... Uh, you know, a really fun play, a fun uh, experience, and lots of uh, exciting things that you shared with us. Before I let you go, uh, what would you say are the best ways for our listeners to get in touch with you and contact you to uh, learn about your career and see where it takes you from here? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. You can follow me there. I'm on Twitter. It's at stats underscore ninja. Um, I have a blog, the Stats Ninja, <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, yeah, any of those places. Awesome, awesome. Um, thank you so much. And of course, everybody look out for the webinars with Eva, Eva Mare and Andy Kribel, with Anna as well. Um, and one final question for you. Um, I, I think I'm, I have a suspicion on what book you're going to say, but nevertheless, I'm going to ask anyway. What's uh, a book that you would recommend to our listeners to help them in their data science careers? know if you've heard of this one it's called confident data skills <laughs> yes <laughs> i've definitely heard of that one heard it's, i heard it's pretty all right so not too shabby no it that one that one really helped me a lot and then um and i know you said one but um the big book with dashboards was really helpful as well when i was starting to learn how to create in tableau so that one was what was phenomenal. what was the second one again the big book of dashboards. Oh, big book, big of da big book of dashboards. Okay, cool. That's that's cool. I don't think I've read that one, but I've heard a few things, few good things about that. Um, so yeah, so we got confident data skills by yours truly, and uh, the big book of dashboards. Do you remember the author? Yeah, that's Steve Wexler, um, Jeff Schaefer, and um, Andy Cograve. Okay, Cogrove. well there you go. Once again, Anna, thanks so much for coming on the show today and sharing your amazing, truly amazing journey into the field of data science. Oh, thank you for having me, Kirill.
So there you have it. That was Anna Ford, business development specialist at Velocity Group. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Some of the other episodes that we mentioned today were episode 181 with Tim Lafferty, episode 91 with Andy Kriebel, episode 127 with Eva Murray and Andy Kriebel if you'd like to check out more from those people. Um, my personal favorite part from today's episode was the way Anna goes about strategically building her career, understanding what she wants what she, and what she needs to get there and then integrating that into her daily routines, weekly routines or strategic things that she does throughout the year like attending a conference or working or, or co-working on a project and learning a tool or a skill. I think that's a very wonderful example of how to strategically approach a career and anybody can take that mentality and apply it to theirs and I hope you can see how that can benefit you in your own career whether you're just starting out or whether you're already an experienced data scientist there's always room to grow that's that's very important to keep in mind that there's always room to grow always something new you can learn there's always somebody you can learn from and as you can see from Anna's example, the sky's the limit. You can meet any one of your heroes and network with them and learn from them and even maybe do a project together with them. Um, on that note, you can get all of the show notes for this episode at www.superdatascience.com slash 225. That's superdatascience.com slash 225. There you will get all of the items that we mentioned on the podcast, the URL to Anna's LinkedIn. Make sure to connect with her and network with her. As you can see, she's very open and uh, she will gladly help you out if you have any questions. And uh, finally, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to forward it to somebody who's looking to build a journey in data science or who maybe already has a career in data science and could use and benefit from some of these ideas. So maybe you have a friend, a colleague, a family member who would really be happy to listen to this, then don't hold back, forward them this episode, spread the love and joy and let them hear Anna's story. On that note, thanks so much for being here today. I look forward to seeing you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing.